When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. It is, and I'm Dennis Foley. Welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, you can hear him on Fox News headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM channel 115. It's Mr. Matt Napolitano. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm good, Dennis. How are you? Pretty good. Our next debater writes frequently in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com, Alexandra Petri. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. And our third debater this week can be heard each weekday on Energy 941 right here in San Antonio. Miho, hello. What up, man? Hey. <laughs> so they will all be presenting arguments in an effort to win over our judge, who this week is Taman from Dallas. Hey, Taman. What's going on? Hey, so Taman's job is going to be to analyze and critique each response our contestants uh, uh, to the responses our contestants give to questions that I present throughout the show. Now, along with asking the questions, I am also the show's referee. So, if there's something that I hear that I don't like, you'll hear this whistle. Before we go to the questions, let's give the three debaters a chance to get to know our judge a little bit better by asking him one question each. We'll start with Matt. Do you have any questions? For a judge, Taman. Well, one of genuine concern for I think of anybody just throughout Texas coming from up here in New York. How are y'all doing? How y'all holding up after these past couple of weeks? Uh, much better. Uh, it's a lot better. It was in the seventies uh, Saturday through yesterday. It's a little cooler today, but electricity's back on. Water is running for the most part. Um, I wasn't affected too badly for it. I lost water for two days. I had no internet for two days. But all in all. I was doing a lot better than a whole lot of people, so I'm thankful. All right, Alex, do you have a question for our judge? Oh, well, David, I'm really glad that you got all your power back. Did you have the time to visit Cancun? Oh, no, I did not. Uh, The senator that represents this state, uh, he literally just pulled, you know, I think it was um, the guy from the Titanic who who grabbed the child and was like, I have a child, cow. He pulled a cow and was ready to book a fight, so. Sorry, I did not get to do that. <laughs> and Miho, do you have a question for our judge, Taman? Uh, do you like pineapples on your pizza? No, not at all. Hard no. I, I, I don't understand people who do that. All right. Okay. Well, let's get this debate started. <laughs> Opening arguments on Master Debaters. Yes. Time for opening arguments. In this segment, I will give each combatant a question. That combatant answers the question, and our judge, Taman, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They will have 30 seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. 
Well, Texas Senator Ted Cruz is blasting paparazzi who took photos of his wife in a bikini. The New York Post ran all these pictures of, of Heidi in her bikini, and I will tell you that she is pissed about. All the rest of it, she's fine. Senator Ted Cruz talked to the conservative podcast Ruthless about the photos that were taken on a beach in Cancun. Heidi is smoking hot, so I looked at the pictures <laughs> and said, man, you, you look great. A reporter also took a picture of the family's dog, Snowflake, staring through a window of their Houston home while they were away. Cruz says Snowflake had a dog sitter and the power was back on. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. So, Matt, this whole Ted Cruz and Cancun situation, is it a big deal or is it not? 30 seconds. I don't think it's a big deal that Heidi and the kids are down there. I think it's a big deal that he was trying to pull it off, that he was going down there for just an overnight trip to make sure that they were all well and settled. I think that's a big deal that he left his state hanging in the middle of a humongous crisis. And I think it's a little ironic in the fact that he's out here on a podcast calling his wife hot when he had no problem allowing the former president of the United States to call his wife a horse and ugly. Ted Cruz has no backbone whatsoever. He is just an amorphous blobfish that is just clogging up the U.S. Senate, and we'd be better off without him. Taman, what score do you want to give that zero to ten? I got to give it a ten. That's literally my sentiments as as I was saying, right spot on. Okay, a mystery remains involving an unidentified flying object seen Sunday afternoon by an airline crew flying over northern New Mexico. American Airlines Flight 2292 was flying from Cincinnati to Phoenix. Over northern New Mexico, the pilots radioing in. Have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. The audio from live ATC, but nothing was on radar. The pilots describing what they saw. I hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object. It almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing. What it was, nobody knows. The FBI is investigating. Alex Stone, EBC News. So, Alex, what's more intriguing to you? The possibility of this unidentified flying object being some sort of alien aircraft or a cruise missile in the air over the U.S.? 30 seconds. I feel like the easy answer is that it's much less scary for it not to be a cruise missile, but that also takes into account the fact that aliens could be up there in something that's shaped like a cruise missile. Why not both? Why not an alien cruise missile? To me, that's the most terrifying possibility. But I also like the idea that if it was aliens, they took one look at what we have going on and we're like, you know, let's just pretend that we're a cylinder passing by. No, no point getting involved with any of this hot nonsense. So. Taman, what score do you want to give that? Zero to ten. I I want to give it a five. I like the alien take, but it's 2021. I mean, it's, you know, 2021 till 2020 to hold its beer. So anything's possible in this year. All right. By now, you should have received your W-2 from last year's earnings, and you're ready to file your 2020 tax return. As the IRS prepares to cut the next round of stimulus checks, it will use whatever information it has on you to determine whether you're eligible to get one. Millions were left out of the first round of economic impact payments because the agency had either old income data or none at all. If you file a return now, the IRS will know immediately whether you've applied for the new recovery rebate credit. That could determine whether you'll be getting a bigger refund or even a stimulus payment. Jim Ryan, ABC News. So, Miho, are you an early tax filer or do you like waiting? 30 seconds. Um, I'm an early tax filer. Actually, did my taxes last weekend. Um, I just think it's, well, I mean, everybody just wants their money. Like, why would you wait till the last minute? And also just a little side note, like my income, like I was promised $2,000. Like, why is my 
whatever taxes I did, like, why is that affecting the 2000 that was promised? Like, this is bullshit. Like, give me my money. So, file your taxes early, get your money, and give me my 2000 motherfuckers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taman, uh, what score you want to give that zero to 10? I want to give it a nine. I, that, I, I like the cursing there at the end, and I like the fact that, yeah, go early. I want my money. All yeah. right. Well, coming up, will there be more cursing? I don't know. We'll find out. The debate and more next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. So things are going to heat up a little bit. Hopefully. We'll see. We have Matt Napolitano, Alexander P. Dry and Miho this week trying to convince our judge, Taman, that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com slash Master Debaters and sign up. So let's keep this debate going. For argument's sake on Master Debaters. So I'm going to give all three contestants the same question. They will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will then give each of them anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. Golf great Tiger Woods is recovering from multiple surgeries to his legs. After his vehicle rolled off a steep road in a uh, Los Angeles suburb this week, now his friends and fellow athletes are hoping for the best possible outcome. Woods was on his way to join football great Drew Brees and others at a golf course for a second day of shooting for Discovery TV. The day before that, he was with NBA great Dwayne Wade. Woods is recovering from a crash that sent his car tumbling over a median and through a stand of trees and had many fearing he wouldn't make it. He survived, but his legendary career is threatened like never before. But his fellow golfers are not concerned with his career. They're just grateful their friend is alive. That's ABC's Matt Gummett in Torrance, California. Now, some say the Tiger Woods crash story is not a news story. Is it or is it not? Matt, we're going to start with you. 30 seconds. I would have to majorly disagree with anybody that thinks this is not a news story. This is a man who made golf a thing again, resurging on the scene in the late 90s, and is really a household name. You think of the sport, you think of Tiger Woods. It's like going through what we did, unfortunately, with Kobe Bryant the year prior. You know, this is somebody that everyone knows, even if you're not the hugest sports fan, and it's devastating to think of what could have happened. It's a miracle when you look at that SUV that Tiger Woods is alive. He's got a long road ahead of recovery, and we wish him all the best, but my goodness, is this a news story? This guy's a national icon alex 30 seconds i absolutely agree i think that it's definitely a news story of all the things that happened on the day that that happened that was the only one that made me gasp and say hey steve come look at the television i think this is a person that people care about and are interested in for all the reasons you mentioned i mean golf is not that interesting the fact that golf is at all interesting a, a sport where you have to be silent and make butterfly noises uh, and watch a small ball roll up and down green hills and he was he made it actually captivating so i want to know what's happening with him and i'm just really glad he's okay miho 30 seconds yeah i mean agreeing with matt it's he's just an icon and 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 with the recent like hbo documentary you see like how tumultuous his life was so like this is just another like thing in his life that you're just like worried about i mean right now reports are saying nothing it was different with him but like it's just 
it's awful to see and like we'll just hope a speedy recovery and like he's gone through so much his life so it's just like another peg and you're just like you're rooting for him so Taman, our three debaters all agreed so what points going to give each of them zero to ten I gotta give them all a ten. I mean, this is Tiger Woods we're talking about. This isn't just any. No, I mean, who knows golf? I mean, can anybody actually name like three or four or five golfers? You can name three or four or five football players and basketball players. But yeah, I agree with everything they just said. It, it, they spoke my sentiments. Okay. Next topic: A diverse group of cities now make up the highest rates of gay households. A new report by the U.S. Census Bureau shows the city with the most gay households is San Francisco. Portland and Seattle are next, followed by Orlando and then Austin, Texas. The report focused on same-sex couples, both married and unmarried, and not gay and lesbians who are single. About one and a half percent of all coupled households nationwide were same-sex. Also in the top ten list were Baltimore, Phoenix, and Denver. Noticeably absent, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Matt Piper, CBS News. We're going to start with Alex. Are you surprised by that list? 30 seconds. Oh, man, I think I might be a little bit surprised, but it's always whenever I hear geographic data or demographic data, I always realize I have no sense of how large things are, or how far apart they are. I always think everything in California is actually right next to each other. I'm like, I'm, I'm in L.A. this weekend. Hey, you're in San Diego. I'll come and give you a visit. And people are like, those are two different parts of the state. So this is just more data in my file of I don't know how big anything is and I don't know where things are going on. So I guess there are fewer people in San Francisco, so you can be a larger percentage there. But there are more people in Los Angeles. Wow. Yeah. Miho, 30 seconds. Uh, no, it wasn't too. I mean, the only thing that surprised me, surprised me was Phoenix. But like, yeah, that whole list makes sense. Like, I mean, I grew up in San Francisco. So, yeah, like this, this is really cool, by the way. Like, I, I'm all for it. Like, this is awesome news, by the way. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm not surprised by the list except for Phoenix. That's the only one. Matt, 30 seconds. Yeah, I don't think the list comes as much of a surprise. I think you also have to realize more people are open in identifying themselves as members of the LGBTQ community. And that's what's leading to this resurgence where you're seeing such high percentages of population growth within places like Boston and places like Phoenix. Yeah, you're seeing numbers drop off in places like New York and Los Angeles. I would credit that more to the fact that because of this pandemic, a lot of people felt priced out of those particular regions. And it's gonna skew the numbers a little bit. Some people head back home or whatever may have happened, but yeah, the numbers don't shock me one bit. Taman, what numbers do you wanna give the contestants for um, I, the shock I, I like all three uh, debates. I, I'd go with solid eight for all three. Um, I, I'm not surprised by those numbers. I mean, not on top of that, New York, LA, and Chicago are three most expensive cities in the country. I'm not surprised nobody lives there. <laughs> all right, next topic. Twitter is looking into a subscription option that would allow people to charge money for extra exclusive content. The social media company announced the service, which would be called Super Follows to Wall Street investors today. The feature is currently in internal testing. If launched, it would represent a shift on the free service to make it more like Patreon, OnlyFans, and Substack that offer the opportunity to make money from having a large audience. The announcement comes as the company also outlined goals to double annual revenue by 2023, doubling the speed at which it delivers news and growing users by 20% per year. Miho, do you like the idea? 
30 seconds. No, this is total BS, all right? Like, leave Twitter alone. All we wanted was an edit button. That's all we wanted, right? And now, like, we got Paramount Plus. We got Disney Plus. Like, another subscription service just to see, like, what Robert De Niro is doing? Like, no. Like, just leave it alone. Give us the edit button. And, like, no. Like, uh, it's so frustrating. I just heard the news this morning, and it's, it's total BS. Leave Twitter alone. I'm about to hop back on MySpace. <laughs> Matt, 30 seconds. Well, Miho, amen on the edit button. I have been waiting years for it. Still not coming together. I don't get Twitter and what their thought process is on what people want within the marketplace. I mean, they introduced the whole fleets thing, and it is the dumbest addition to this entire program. You know, they thought they hit their stride when they finally expanded the number of characters, but since then, they haven't been able to come up with a good idea since. It's like when Coca-Cola realized they had Diet Coke and then tried New Coke after that and Crystal Coke and all that other stuff. It just doesn't make any sense. Twitter needs to get back to actually making people happy on the website and kind of keep the trolls out. Maybe just a thought. Alex, 30 seconds. Yeah. Absolutely. I miss MySpace. I agree with that. I also can't imagine anyone paying money for my dumb tweets. Like, just the amount of, like, confidence they have that people who are on Twitter are on there, for, like, because they think they're getting good content or because they're somehow enjoying their time there. No, we're all there because we're trapped. We're miserable. Get us out of this. Give us the edit button and help get rid of the Nazis. It's really a much simpler ask. And instead, they're just like, what if we allowed you to see a bad Instagram? I don't want this hot content. Before I go to Taman, would any of you consider charging your followers just just to see what happens just to see if like if people would actually pay you for your tweets at this point i'd have to pay people to read my tweets <laughs> i think it's really not to tweet <laughs> <laughs> no i don't got that many followers i just like i just i i lurk i lurk on twitter <laughs> okay Taman, what scores you want to give them zero to ten you know, I loved all three arguments, but I have to give everybody a 10 except for Matt only because he didn't mention going back to MySpace. Sorry, Matt. Ah. So what, uh, what are you going to give him? I'll give him a nine. Okay. Next topic. The post office is revamping its delivery vehicles. This week, the Postal Service unveiled a completely redesigned mail truck. Jalopnik's Jason Torchinsky says the next generation delivery vehicle, or NGDV, packs a lot more tech than the old truck. Got an actual airbag now. It's the only one didn't blind spot monitoring. 360-degree camera views, a backup camera. Plus, it's designed to accommodate both gas and electric powertrains. So my guess is these are going to be removable batteries, and as battery technology improves or changes, they'll be able to swap them out. I'm Michelle Franz in ABC News. All right, Matt, do you think this new vehicle will improve mail delivery? 30 seconds. I'd like to know why the heck my mail carrier didn't have an airbag. I'm a little concerned about that. He only, like they were only operating with just seatbelts and 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 Christ. Like what 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 is this? I, this is actually a little alarming for me. That being said, I don't see how it's going to streamline at any capacity until we get some changes within the U.S. Postal Service. It starts at the top to try and make things a little bit better for these mail carriers and to try and actually boost people's you know the level of service and make sure people are actually getting packages on time and actually getting their mail in the proper fashion. Alex, 30 seconds. 
Yeah, I can see this being the one situation where electric vehicles definitely make sense and you can recharge them. But I, I agree the whole airbag thing really threw me. It's like like this time the steering wheel is going to, you know, stay on to quote that sketch uh, from uh, I think you should leave. But yeah, it's a feature you should have. But I also as somebody who's been waiting for a package that I ordered in November and it's been slowly I've been seeing it. It goes all around. It went to all these exciting places. They keep having problems at every location. Recently, I got an update saying it had a problem in a location closer to my house. Underlying things. Miho, 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, first of all, the airbags. Second of all, the dude's name, Jason Jalopnik or something like that. That's awesome. I uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to streamline it. And uh, they're just like, I think there needs to be a little bit more manpower before we get like more horsepower. Um, it's just like, because like i'm waiting on a key for my box and they said it's going to be four months and i'm like what like i could i could do the key myself give me the key and go to home depot like so i agree with matt like let's let's start from the top down okay so uh before i go to Taman, the uh guy's name is jason torchinski he's from jalopnik Oh, <laughs> just to clarify that. So, uh, Taman, what scores you want to give out? Zero to ten. Uh, you know, I liked all. I think they were all great. I mean, they brought up all good points. I, I got to go with the ten. I, I, I liked all three of them. I mean, no airbag things. I think is very concerning. That it's ran by the U.S. government, but they don't have airbags. That's so not much they love their milk carriers. Exactly. Next topic: A California Catholic school has kicked out a women's children in. A woman's children and husband, an employee, after other moms told the school about nude videos of herself she sold online. The principal at Sacramento's Sacred Heart Parish School says the family is no longer welcome and they can't even pick up their things left in the building. Crystal Jackson says her kids got expelled from their Catholic school after a group of moms sent the principal copies of her nude photos. They're just saying, like, just mean, bad things about us. Around the same time, their dad was terminated from his position at the school. And that's KOVR-TV's Marissa Perlman. So, Alex, is the expulsion warranted? 30 seconds. Do not think so. I obviously don't know everything about this, but that poor family, that's, see, that sucks. I don't think, uh, I mean, I even have the problem when people are saying like the teachers who at some point have had other careers shouldn't be teachers because scandalous things online. I think people should be allowed to do their things and people should be allowed to go to school. And I understand that like this is a, a school that has its own perspective on things. And so I'm sure that's how they're getting by, but it's just not a nice thing to do to the family. I don't think it's good. Miho, 30 seconds. Uh, first of all, let them get their things. Like, that's kind of rude. Second of all, I find it always interesting when, like, the Catholic institution likes to lecture people on, like, behavior. Like, stay out of their business. And those moms are snitches. Like, snitches get stitches, right? Like, mind your own business. Let her get her money and whatever. Like, whatever she's doing. And, like, yeah. The Catholic Church and just it really bothers me. And I was raised Catholic and it's just so ironic. Matt, 30 seconds. Yeah, very much the same. I mean, I was raised Catholic as well. And if you want to talk love and tolerance and love thy neighbor, then you gotta practice what you preach. And that's clearly not happening here. This mother is simply trying to make it work for her family. She's got a job, 
that is just trying to bring in some money during these difficult times. We've all had to like make cutbacks and try and get jobs where we may. Like, why are we trying to rat somebody out for this and what they're doing? They're trying to feed their family and give them the best life possible. It's unfair to these kids. It's unfair to this woman. And people need to butt out of other people's personal lives. You don't know what's going on on the other side of the fence. So stay out of it and let people be. All right, Taman scores zero to ten. I'm going to go with 10. I agree with uh, every single one of them. I mean, you know, mind your business. Uh, those women that I think it was Neil talking about are all Karen. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that we, you know, let them be, you know. Okay. Next topic. A pop star known for crossing different music genres is covering a popular, I guess you'd call it rock song. A Hootie and the Blowfish hit is getting a remake. Post Malone has released a cover of Only Wanna Be With You ahead of his performance at the Pokemon Day 25th anniversary virtual concert on Saturday. The song includes a few sound effects similar to the popular video game. The event can be viewed for free on the franchise's official YouTube and Twitch channels and on Pokemon's 25th anniversary website. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. All right, Miho, what song do you think is due for a good cover? 30 seconds. Oh. Whoa, dude, that's a heavy question. <laughs> um, uh, dude, you didn't even let me open up my Spotify? What the heck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, This is low, man. Oh, this is a rough one. Yeah, what? Yeah. Yo, I'm, I'm, I work at a music station. You know what music is in my head? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> All right, Matt, your turn, 30 seconds. Oh, man, I, I feel bad because, I mean, like, Miho just took the brunt of it for all of us. Like, that's, like, yeah. not right. Oh, well, I mean, if I'm going to go any route, the one thing I've been impressed by, I don't know if anybody's watched uh, Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu. I uh, absolutely loved it, but my favorite part is, like, the end of each episode is this, like, insane cover of a 90s song, like, whether it's Bitch by Meredith Brooks or, like, uh, Creep or something. It's just, like, every single one of them has been great. So I'm here for any remake of any classic 90s song, even if it's, like, Ace of Bass or Smash Mouth. I don't care. I'm here for it. All right, Alex, 30 seconds. Yeah, I have to be grateful to Mio for throwing himself on the unexploded question Seriously. here. Man, uh, I was thinking of, you know how those sea shanties have been making the rounds lately? I think, what do you do with a drunken sailor? We should cover that. I think ABBA covered it, or some like disco group covered it, and it really slapped. I think we should have more of that. Alternatively, we could take all the stuff Post Malone has ever done and bury it, and I think that would be a form of covering as well that we could all get behind, potentially. Uh, I I will not tolerate any Post Malone slander on here. (laughs) Oh so we're gonna have Billy Eilish doing Drunken Sailor. <laughs> Taman, what what scores you want to give for those arguments? How, how did you feel they all performed? Well, you know what? I'm going to give Neo a boost in points because you totally threw him like a total curveball on that one. So I'm going to give him a solid six. Um, for, for, for Matt and Alex, uh, for Matt, uh, you know, even though I, I saw Little Fires Everywhere, I thought it was terrible. Sorry, but I do like the 90s music, so I'll, I'll give him a 9. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll give Alex, you know, no Post Malone slander, so yeah, I'll go with 9 also. Okay, well, coming up, our debaters <clears throat> have been waiting all week to talk about something that's been on their mind. What is it? I don't know. We'll find out. You're listening to Master Debaters from KTSA. This 
This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week, we have Matt Napolitano, Alexandra Petri, and Miho, who are all working to coerce our judge team and to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep the debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our debaters have a topic that they each want to talk about on the show. They will get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get uh, 30 seconds to do so after the original case is being done, being presented. Now, after all the challengers, the original presenter can give uh, give their own rebuttal in a 30-second time limit. And if they change the topic from what they had sent in before the show, I'm going to assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or take away up to 20 points from everyone. That includes people who made a challenge, who presented the original argument, or wanted to stay quiet. So our points leader right now is Matt. So Matt, you start with your 60-second argument. Okay, well, my argument is going to start with Jeff Bezos. Yes, the Amazon CEO slash Professor X knockoff is at it again. He's going to be leaving the company at the end of 2021, but now there's rumors of buzzing that he's eyeing ownership within the NFL, particularly the Washington football team, which apparently is going to be sticking with that name a while longer, even though it is the dumbest replacement name I think I could have ever come up with. There's a lot of pressure on Washington football these days because their owner, Dan Snyder, has had plenty of accusations of misconduct against him and within other and for other members within the organization. The reality is if the NFL is going to pave the way for somebody like Bezos to take over one of the franchises, it's not a bad it's a bad look. It's just it's not going to come to fruition, and a lot of people are going to be displeased by it. Bezos is a controversial figure. You don't need another one of those in the NFL, especially in the ownership ranks, where there's already talk about not having enough diversity in the ranks and not doing enough to make sure there's more culturally diverse people within the higher-ups. Bezos is not the answer to the Dan Snyder problem. You need somebody that is going to be able to represent the brand well and is going to be able to represent strongly and create some more diversity within the league. All right, Alex, 30-second challenge. I guess I, I do think that ultimately the point that you got to was a, a correct one. But I do have to say, as somebody, obviously, uh, Jeff Bezos, founder and CEO of Amazon, also owns the Washington Post. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, where is the brand of the Washington football team going to go? There's only one direction I think it could possibly go, which is up. So even the addition of Jeff Bezos to it, I think, would be an improvement. I mean, and you could also give it a name. All the names they were giving the Washington Post, like the Amazon Washington Post, like the, they, they could give that to the team. I think it's the five names. Matt, 30-second rebuttal. Well, yeah, I think the Washington, yeah, has no way but up, but there's still a lot of house cleaning left to do, and I think that there's a matter of trying to get past this history. I think I don't think you replace somebody like a Dan Snyder who has this contagious past with somebody who's just such a controversial figure. And I think when you're looking at now, you have the issues with Jerry Jones arising. You had issues with Woody Johnson while he was in the Trump administration. There's a lot of problematic people within the NFL ownership ranks, and it's a problem that needs to be addressed. But unfortunately, their best buddy is right now commissioner of the league. Uh, maybe Bezos can turn around the Washington football team, but I don't think it's the answer. So, Taman, what scores you want to give Matt, Alex, and Miho? Negative 20 to 20. Ooh, man. Um, I mean, I I thoroughly agree with Matt's argument. Um, I'm gonna, I'm. Oh man, this is a, this is a tough topic. But I, yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said. So I, I'm gonna give it a twenty. For Alex's rebuttal, I 
look, I, I understand where she's coming from, but I, I, I said I have to highly disagree. I, I have to – I think I'm going to give it a five. Uh, just be, I, I understand, like, the Amazon and everything, and, and, you know, he's a figure who can bring that, but the NFL has been such a controversy under the Gazelle regime. The last thing they need is more controversy. I think it would be a bad fit. And then for Miho, who didn't have an argument, what points you want to give or take away from him? Uh, I got to guess I give a minus 20 without an argument. Okay. I don't like to do that to people, Ooh. but I need something. Please give me neutral, like zero. Uh, wow. So, uh, Miho, you're next. Harsh. Your next 60-second argument starts now. So um, I believe that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is peak cinema. And the, the discussion came up about a year or two ago when Martin Scorsese said it wasn't. And I believe it is because I, I just think of like, first of all, the art direction over, you know, 15 movies over a decade, like 12, 13 years. There's been 15 directors, um, five prominent uh, um um, it's also like perfected the art of storytelling over a decade. Um, it's also one the only or it showcases inclusivity and supporting cultures. For example, winning the best costume design, which is the MCU's only Academy Award. And you could say, oh, well, if the Academy Award, like if it is peak cinema, it should have more Academy Awards. But that's not necessarily true because there's been great movies that have never won. So I don't know. I just think the whole like series spanning over a decade has just created something so beautiful all right alex 30 second challenge i have to disagree with you marvel is not peak cinema not because i'm a snob and i'm going to be like orson welles is peak cinema no marvel is not peak cinema because mad max fury road is peak cinema marvel had many things but did it have the doof warrior a man with a flaming guitar strapped to the back of a monster truck did it have any sequences as pulse pounding as every single individual minute of mad max fury road a movie that was so good that i walked out of the theater turned around and walked back in to see it again it was phenomenal in every way and yeah. matt 30 second challenge I, I appreciate the the shout out to mad max free road it is actually a great movie but everybody in that movie now looks like they would have been arrested during the insurrection on the capitol that being said <laughs> the marvel cinematic universe is just an absolute accomplishment and i think for me i'm one of those people that you can't judge a film based on the awards it racks up but on what the fans love about the franchise. And I think Marvel speaks iotas and like just like eons to that. It's an unbelievable thing that has really come out of this entire franchise where everybody's just so eagerly awaiting the next saga and the next chapter. It really is really impressive and it might very well help uh, Chadwick Boseman get that posthumous Oscar for uh, Miho. Black Bottom. 30 second rebuttal. Uh, uh, I, okay, maybe we didn't have the guy with the guitar on fire, but we did have Captain America lifting Mjolnir or whatever you call it, the hammer. Like, go on YouTube and just watch up Captain America hammer audience, and you will hear something like you've never heard like in a long, long time. So, um, you can't like the and the fact that it went over ten decades and fifteen directors like. The imagery and the storytelling, like, it was so cohesive. Like, it was perfect. All right, Taman, what scores do you want to give everyone? Negative 20 to positive 20. Well, uh, with Niha, I'm going to give him a 20 because uh, he's very confident in his defense of Marvel, which that's, uh, I, you know, 
I'm not the biggest film guy, but I like the fact that you're going to defend what you believe in. So I, I, I'm going to go go in on that. For Alex, I'm going to give a 22 because her rebuttal was very, very strong. She came in and she listed what she knew and she came in very strong and defended it. With Matt, I'm going to go with 15, although Matt came in strong as well. Uh, I, I've known Matt for years. No offense, Matt. I think your argument could have been stronger. Oh. Maybe a little more passionate to it. Okay, so uh, Alex, your turn for your 60-second argument. Okay, so last week, the Mars rover Perseverance landed on Mars. And this is good. This is great. I love this. This is one of the last good things we are doing as a human species. I don't want space to be a rich man's plaything with, you know, SpaceX, Blue Marble, a, a, a Psy Barrier, whatever they're calling these magical made-up things. It's supposed to be a nice but I have one complaint, which is I wish that they would be a little less nervous during the launch. When the Elon Musk thing happens, they're firing Chip and Dale into the air. It's calm and smooth and well-oiled. And when NASA does it, they all sound terrified. There's like a guy holding a comfort dog. You hear somebody in the mic going, yes, yes, yes. Like, I was nervous about it, too. That's a lot of equipment. It's the size of a car. It has to land on another planet with a parachute. That's pretty scary to watch. But I don't want to know that the people behind the mission who have, like, billions of dollars are also equally nervous. They shouldn't spend the entire time being like, this is extremely difficult and we don't know if it's going to land on the wrong rock and have a problem. I think they should just have a separate feed for people who are freaking out and people who are not freaking out. All right, Matt, 30-second challenge. As much as I like the idea of a separate anxiety channel of full-on panic, I think it just shows the amount of passion that goes into these missions for people i mean they're, they're so vested in this this is their baby this is their child that they've been trying to make come to fruition for years and to have it come down and touch down for the mars rover it was just such a rejoicing moment the pure joy that spread through that control room once it touched down was just something i'm never going to forget and it was something like we needed as a society to see something to actually root for that being said elon musk is calm during those launches because he is on the ganch miho 30 second challenge um uh, yeah, I believe like there should be a level of nervousness, um, especially given the history of NASA. Granted, there's no humans on this, um, but I feel like with any space mission, um, it's just super important to like humanity. And and like Matt said, like people have invested ca careers do trying to accomplish these things. Um, I also think like NASA's budget isn't like they're not trying to waste as much money as like Elon Musk is like, oh, just another rocket like. I'll take the Tesla money and just throw it over there. Like NASA has a specific budget. Alex, you're a 30 second rebuttal. You're both making some good points. And I do think, yeah, Elon Musk, he's like, I can just get another rocket, whatever. And NASA's like, this is our baby. Like we've all put pictures on there. Like there's school children who've named this. Like we're all working hard. So I do think the humanity of it is an important thing. And I want to keep the joy and I don't want them not to be nervous about it. I just feel like, you know, it makes me more nervous and I'm already watching it almost land there because like, remember when Richard Nixon had to prepare that whole speech in case the moon landing went wrong? I don't want that vibe every time we land somewhere. I want just a little bit of peace. That's all, I ask for. all right, Taman, what scores you want to give? Negative 20 to 20. Uh, you know, I liked all three. I'm going to give all three a 20. I think all arguments are strong. Um, I think, you know, the, I, I get the nervousness of, I mean, you only got to mess up once. One mess up and the whole project is, is a fail and not in a good way. So, you know, I, I think all arguments were strong. I think that uh, they, they brought up the, you know, very, very good points, very strong points. And yeah, I give it 20. All right. Well, coming up, who's going to win? 
Who will win? Well, we're going to find out in one final fight. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Yeah. That argument, it ends right here, right now. It's a battle this week between Matt Napolitano, Alexander Petri, and Miho to convince our judge, Taman, that their argument is the best argument. But it all comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. So this is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants hash it out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes. No more, no less. Four minutes. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15-second head start. Everyone else can join in after the bell has rung. So right now, the contestant with the fewest points is Miho. So uh, many people are desperate to travel again. Correspondent Dan King-Hall explains just exactly how desperate they are. What would you give up to travel again? According to a new survey from Trivago, 38% of Americans would give up bedroom intimacy for a year to travel immediately. And one in five would dump their partner altogether for the chance. Love interests aside, a quarter of respondents said they would sacrifice all of their savings and nearly half would give up their jobs or a getaway. And about two-thirds said once the pandemic ends, they will travel more than usual to make up for some lost time. So we're going to start with Miho, and you're all going to join in after 15 seconds. Would you give up bedroom intimacy or even dump your partner just to be able to travel again? Or what extremes would you go to just to be able to travel? Miho, the four minutes starts right now. Uh, no, sex is great. I would not. Uh, no, no way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I would get like I wouldn't give up my savings either. Um, I would quit my job though for sure. Um, <laughs> um, I just feel like um, traveling. Um, it's a luxury, and I do miss it quite a bit. Um, but there's always time. Like I, I feel like if I could hunker down and keep people safe. Um, for the time being, like, I'm not willing to sacrifice. I Maybe that's my own personal, like, morality. But, um, but yeah, I would definitely quit my job. But sex, no, sex is so awesome. There's no way I'm giving that up. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> I just, in, the lady, uh, in the clip they heard, she didn't say sex. She said bedroom intimacy, which I'm going to interpret as, like, being stuck in one room with your husband, in which case I would definitely trade that. But, yeah, if it's sex, no, I'm not going to trade that. But bedroom intimacy <laughs> sounds like a euphemism and therefore a loophole. And I would sure love to have, like, yeah, let's be in separate bedrooms and, like, we, we can meet up in the kitchen, whatever. Like, who knows? But the point is, like, travel would be great in exchange for not having to be crammed in one room with him. Sign me up for that. But yeah, not in a way that puts other people in danger, though. I mean, Miho's exactly right. I'm pretty sure bedroom intimacy is like Lucy and Desi in the two separate beds with, like, the nightstand in between with a lamp. Like, that kind of imagery. I, I don't understand, like, I would, I mean, I would not want to give up whatever the exact definition of the bedroom intimacy is. I mean, if it is to try and, like, get away for a little bit, okay, yeah, fine. Uh, but, like, for me right now, more than anything, it is just a matter of, like, 
being able to travel and to actually enjoy it. Like, I wouldn't want to go anywhere right now because I know there's going to be a mask mandate somewhere or I'm going to have to quarantine or I'm going to have to do whatever rigmarole to try and make myself get out there and be able to, to go somewhere that I've wanted to go for a while. I'm, the, I'm going to wait because I want to be able to go and really appreciate where I am, really take in all the sights and take in all the culture and be able to enjoy myself. If I go now to a city that I've been dying to go to for my entire life, it's just going to feel like half-hearted and I'm going to be going through everything so haphazardly and making sure that I'm not coming down with anything. I'd rather just the peace of mind of knowing like everybody's cool, life is back to whatever the new normal may be. I want to just enjoy it. Yeah. I think that's right because you're not going to actually be visiting the place in the way that it actually is supposed to be because no nobody's normal right now. I mean, I guess there are some places where it's normal. Like in New Zealand, you see people in bars having a wonderful time. So I guess I take it back to normal places, but I, I don't feel normal yet. So I'm not ready to go yet. Yeah, I, I guess, the first I guess. vaccine. I don't feel normal. Like, I guess I guess I'm the pervert in the group. <laughs> um, and also, like they said that people are willing to give up their savings. And I know, like it's desperate times. But like, if you give up your whole savings, then you can't travel more in the future, right? Like that's the whole point of savings is to like to go multiple places, not just one. Like, oh, I want to go to Cancun. Like, no, I want to go to like Amsterdam, Austria. Like, I'm not willing to give up the entire world just for one trip like all my savings just so like i could have a, one night, a one night stand essentially you know <laughs> you could be a senator of texas and get yourself a trip to Cancun. Yeah. Like, that covers the charges like oh no like it's like ted cruz has traveled or like somebody else or like that guy in britain who like left town because he was sick of it it's just like i don't like any of these i don't want to be the subject of any of these stories where it's like oh yes well she went to machu picchu but was it but at what cost you know i don't want to be I will say though, no, I'm willing, like a Dateline special. <laughs> I'm willing to give up like my left pinky toe. Like someone could take it, and I'd be like, "All right, let's let's go, let's go, let's go to Cancun, take my toe." <laughs> <laughs> it'll, you know what? it'll prevent you from getting a toe ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, talk about the '90s, right? <laughs> there you go. God, now I have an image of Ted Cruz with a toe ring. Oh, no. <laughs> oh god! All right, so I want to be clear. Miho would not give up sex or i guess also bedroom intimacy depending on how you define that but he would give up his left toe his left pinky toe to go travel uh matt and alex you would not give up quote unquote I'm, bedroom. It out. I'm trying to work the reps on the bedroom intimacy point of it um but yeah no, not until i get a vaccine okay Taman. What scores want to give for those arguments? Negative one hundred to positive one hundred. I mean, I definitely agree with all of them in every single aspect. So, I mean, I'm gonna go with a hundred for all three. I mean, you know, you better you can't give up sex. No, I mean, <laughs> and and traveling, like, I mean, in the sense, like, you know, I don't want to get anybody. I would be so paranoid if i went to cancun like ted cruz did like i just would be afraid like if i got if i came home and i got sick it would be such a, a fail that i went and you know i mean you want to give up your body part i mean i'm sure you know i've had a bad shoulder for the last year i mean i'm not saying i'd give it up but i understand that sentiment because you know we're bored and we've been in under house arrest for a year so i mean you know i agree i agree 100 percent. okay so Math's pretty easy. 
so I don't have to spend too much time trying to figure that out. So after about an hour of discussion, anger, cursing, things that maybe don't make for great radio, but we did it anyway, it's time to name this week's Master Debater. In third place, with 203 points, Miho. In second place, with 207 points, Alex, which means this week's master debater, with 221 points, Matt, you get 60 seconds to celebrate, which starts now. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very proud. I'm actually on a, a two-match winning streak here. I'm, I'm actually a little bit proud of myself after starting out this show as one of the cellar dwellers for so long. Great appreciation to uh, both Alex and Miho. It was just a lot of fun tonight. This was, I did more laughing than I think I've done in like the last month, so I really do appreciate it. Uh, to everybody out there, really hope you enjoyed listening to what we had to say. I know we all seem like a little you bet in hell bound but at the same time i think we just all had a lot of fun and really enjoyed ourselves you know obviously we're nearing the end of the road here with everything that's going on in the covid pandemic we're so close it's it's in the new normal or whatever it may be is just like it's within our reach so just keep calm keep your mask on get yourself vaccinated and stay safe do not go to cancun please i beg of you do not go to cancun do not get yourself baby dreads while you're there i don't care what rank you hold in politics please just don't do it it's not what you need for texas society he didn't do anything wrong i don't care don't do it just don't lay low lay low that sounds like a advice also for suspected criminal and crimes and all that but yeah oh yeah them too yeah well that's it for this week's edition of master debaters a big thank you to our three contestants matt napolitano our master debater this week who can be heard each weekday afternoon on fox news headlines 24 7 on sirius xm channel 115 to alexandra petri who you could read pretty much every day or at least every other day in the washington post and washingtonpost.com and also on twitter with her punny tweets and fun takes on the latest news events and miho you could catch every day on energy 941 playing the top hits here in san antonio and also big thanks to our judge Taman from dallas master debaters is a production of xs studios in ktsa san antonio you can learn more about master debaters online at ktsa.com san antonio's home for news and talk on air online and on demand 550 KTSA and FM 1071